Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie, hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady, and featuring RebelGrove.com and Rivals.com recruiting analyst Russell Johnson. Awesome! The Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Caution, you are about to enter the no-spin zone. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail, and it does it in style. Just like Dead Soxy. I'm better looking than you. Visit DeadSoxy.com and enter Rebel Grove at checkout for 25% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now here's your host, Neil McCrady. Welcome to another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. I'm Neil McCrady in the Clark Ford Studios in Oxford, Mississippi. Zach Barry joins us from humidity-free Denver, Colorado. Uh, poor Zach. We will talk to Zach in a moment and let him uh, brag about the weather that he is enjoying right now. It is in Oxford right now, Zach, it is about 98 degrees. It's 100% humidity. It feels like 207 outside. Uh, everything's been canceled. Life has basically been canceled. My dogs were begging to come in at, at uh, about 8 in the morning. They normally start begging around 11 in the morning. Today it was 8. Please let us in. It's one of those days in Oxford. We'll talk some recruiting. There's not a lot of recruiting to talk, but we'll talk a little bit of recruiting. This will be a short version of the Soft Verbal Podcast. Before we get to it, I want to tell you about Dead Soxie. Hot, hot, hot weather is here, and with that comes the inevitable debate of sock or no sock with your loafers. Do you dare wear your loafers right now without socks and let your feet and your shoes turn into a, uh, a Louisiana swamp, if you will? You can save your feet and your shoes from making that swampy impression by stepping into summer with some no-shows from Dead Soxy, you really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. It changes the game, changes your loafer game completely, changes your sock game, your shoe game completely, and uh, you really need to experience it. It is a fantastic feel. Go to DeadSoxy.com, enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout, get 30% off all orders, including sale items. These no-shows are the same quality you already love and enjoy with their traditional dress sock, and they come with a no-slip guarantee. So go to deadsoxy.com, check out the no-show collection, and remember to enter the promo code REBELGROVE at checkout. That's REBELGROVE. You can enter it one word, two words. Just get it in there, REBELGROVE at checkout for 30% off all orders, and that includes... um, like I said, that includes all of their sale items, and it includes those no-shows that uh, you will absolutely love, especially this time of the year. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Uh, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. The phone number is 662-257-1900. And if you are in the mood for an F-150, if you've been in the market for an F-150, if you've been thinking about an F-150, This is the week to do it. Get in touch with Tom or Alan there at Clark Ford and find out what they've got in stock in terms of F-150s. Here's a hint. They have a little too much in stock. They need to move it. And because of that, you can take advantage of it. You'll get a deal that you won't normally get. They will not be beaten uh, on an F-150 that's in stock there at Clark Ford. So find out what they have and uh, take advantage of 
uh, inventory issues and get yourself into an F-150. I'm in one from Clark Ford. Absolutely love it. Not sure I'll ever drive anything else. I think you'll love it too. So Tom or Alan at Clark Ford, 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Neil, it is 75 and sunny here in Washington Park in Denver. Um, I don't think uh, I will be leaving anytime soon. If I if I can make it happen, I will stay here as long as I can. All right. First of all, I'm remarkably jealous. Um, second of all, next weekend, my son Carson and I are going on our annual boys trip. The reason that Denver is so interesting to me is that the original plan this year was we were going to fly to Denver. And we were going to go see the Cubs and the Rockies. And uh, Carson was afraid that he would get bored in Denver. I told Carson, I don't think we'll get bored in Denver. I think there's a lot to do in Denver. But a lot of things factored into his decision. And from the eyes of, and eyes and mind of a 12-year-old, I get it. One, he was concerned that the Cubs would not play well at Coors and that they would get rocked by the Rockies. And uh, turns out he was right. The Rockies won two out of three in that series. The Cubs did win the finale to salvage it. But he would have not have enjoyed the first two games of that series at all. And then, two, I think if he were being completely honest, Carson's a soccer, uh, soccer freak as well. And when we were last in Chicago for the Cubs convention in January, they had closed the soccer portion of the big Nike store on Michigan Avenue. Uh, and they were doing a big renovation. It was going to be open, and I think it will be open by the time uh, we get to Chicago next weekend. And I think in his mind, he's thinking, I'm going to go check out all the new soccer stuff. I can check out their basketball shoe collection. And so there, he had some ulterior motives to wanting to say, hey, let's not do the Denver thing. Let's go back to Chicago. And he's got a couple of restaurants in Chicago that, that he really likes to frequent. He, he likes Chicago a lot. He probably likes it more than his dad, and I like it a lot. Um, so anyway, we didn't go to Denver, but everything I hear about Denver, the weather, the, the town, the kind of the stuff, makes me wish that maybe we had gone to Denver. Yeah, I was going to say, if he's if he's big in, uh, it sounds like he's a little bit of a foodie. Um, well, I have news for, for Carson. You can have a whale of a time here if you're just coming to eat because that's pretty much the bulk of what we've done this whole time <laughs> but yeah i mean it's and my my body is kind of you know taken aback by it you know because you know it's that vacation eating where at the end of the day your body's just like what are you doing to me yeah. why are we why are we doing this for three meals but <laughs> yeah i mean they've got you know the the uh, cuisine here i mean their their big thing is the green chilies um, they put green chilies on a lot of things. That's kind of their thing is what locals have told us. But, yeah, I mean, they've got literally everything here. We, um, we've we done everything from a, you know, biscuit brunch type deal where it's just a cathead biscuit with gravy and, you know, an egg on it and all that. And then we'll go. And last night we went to uh, a Japanese um, tapas place that was ridiculously good. The, the old-fashioned was outstanding. And then – I think probably our favorite was we went to a Latin American dim sum place and that was just incredible. They just bring that cart around and you just grab whatever plate you want. But yeah, I, I can't recommend Denver enough. We, we came out here to go see uh, the Avid brothers at Red Rocks and it was incredible. Uh, the weather was perfect. 
And then, yeah, we've just been bouncing around the city the rest of the time we've been here. I think we might go check out the zoo today. Um, zoos are very underrated. I, I, I'm a big fan of zoos. Yeah, I like zoos too, especially on a day when it's pleasant and you can walk around. If it were like, I can't imagine like going to the Memphis Zoo today. I, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather oh jump. Out, I think I'd rather jump out of a building and just be done with it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, yeah, I, I can't um, imagine anything worse. Yeah, that's that's too much. But yeah, I mean, for here, I mean, just do anything outside because I mean, I just checked the weather and I think the highest it's going to get today is eighty eight. Um, which is still, you know, pretty hot elevation. You're closer to the sun. So it does, you can feel that sun, but I mean, the breeze is pretty constant. And then, yeah, there's no humidity. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just nice to just go out and just wander and just enjoy (laughs) not sweating and having to go back to the Airbnb and change shirts after two hours. Did you go see, have you been around like the ballparks and stuff? Have you been to Coors? Yeah, so it was so it was a bummer. They were playing on the road when we were here, and then the All Star break, obviously. So they're not playing. Uh, I've been around the park plenty of times. Uh, a good friend of mine lives like two blocks from it. But yeah, there is a strip of um, bars that are just right around there, and then also some restaurants and stuff. But yeah, it's a really cool area. Um, last night we were over around Larimer Square. That's another place that's just got a lot of really good restaurants and there's breweries everywhere. So maybe when Carson is of age, he'll be, uh, he'll be a little more, uh, inclined to come here. Cause if, if, if he's a, if he, if he likes craft beer at some point when he gets older, <laughs> um, this is a, this is a good spot for it. Cause man, it is everywhere. So yeah. yeah, the, this place is amazing. I can't, can't recommend it enough there's a decent chance that uh that he probably will um we'll, we'll get to recruiting in a second the the uh the other day we were you know because i'm going i'm going to media days next week in birmingham and i'll be there monday tuesday and wednesday and i'm going to come back here late wednesday Ole miss goes tuesday so i'll go the first three days i'm not going to go the fourth day uh somehow the, the site will survive and uh i'm getting back late wednesday kind of you know unpacking repacking and then he and I are going to drive up there early on Thursday and um you know he was like it'll be it's good that we're driving because you know we can we can take some of our own stuff and you know Gatorade and lemonade and all that stuff for him and he goes and you can bring your beer <laughs> and I was like I was like I wonder if I'm really setting that bad of an example <laughs> you know is that is that is that bad I mean you know I know if something happened to me today I mean you know he would tell his friends you know years from now and someone said what was your dad like well he really like to have a beer at night i don't know if that's you know maybe that's maybe that's not a bad thing but i think it would be one of the first things he would associate with me and that's probably not particularly good but case if anything he's just going to pass on the legacy of the uh post uh yard cut beer yeah i did that yesterday i did it yesterday it was warm yesterday and uh the post yard cutting beer was it was really good finished about seven o'clock seven seven ten it was really good hopped in the shower we got the shower head fixed. So it's yeah. not spraying everywhere now, and and I could have the post shower <laughs> beer in the shower. I mean, the post post yard work beer in the shower. It's like a combination of great beers, and so it was really, really, really enjoyable. I actually thought of you uh, for a moment, not lo- not long, because I was in a shower, and that would have been inappropriate. But but you you crossed my mind <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that cutting the grass is is staring me right in the face right now. So as soon as we get back to Nashville, that's 
when I have to do it. So maybe I'll take some of the, the weather here with me to where it won't be too bad. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't like your chances, my man. You're going to step off the plane and start sweating in, instantly. Instantly. All right, let's talk some recruiting. Um, there's not a whole hell of a lot to talk about. There have been some developments and maybe some things to read into. Corbett Mims, the uh, defensive lineman from uh, Memphis, commits to Arkansas State. That got a lot of people not really bothered or anything, but confused. And I understand that. Um, they were kind of bewildered. How did that, you know, in their mind, how did Corbett Mims pick Arkansas State over Ole Miss and Tennessee, for example? And the, the answer to that is he didn't. He committed to Arkansas State probably, and, and, and I don't know this, but I'm guessing, he probably tried to commit to Ole Miss and or Tennessee and was told by Ole Miss and or Tennessee, well, you're kind of down the board a little right now. We've got to wait and see what happens. You uh, need to have a really strong senior year. And I'm going to guess that at that point he probably was a little irritated, maybe a little frustrated, maybe a little scared. And he said, I'm going to go reserve my hotel room right now and, uh, <laughs> and you know, and got a spot in, on the Arkansas State. Uh, class and you know it certainly doesn't mean recruiting's over uh, verbal commitments are non-binding but it it is a lesson you and I talked about this before we got started Zach it is a lesson that a lot of kids learn the hard way and that is when you get that offer early you you should if it's an offer that you want to take or that you think you might one day want to take you might be advised to take it now, Neil, are we to think that that Corbett is just a big fan of, of of Jonesboro, Arkansas, and really likes the what the Red Wolves are doing here? Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that that's not really what it is. Now, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they've done a nice yeah. job recruiting him, and I'm sure that they have made uh, inroads with him, and I'm sure that they've built some relationships with him, and I'm sure that he likes the program. And listen. There's not a damn thing in the world wrong with going to Arkansas State and playing football and having your education paid for. Nothing. Nothing wrong with that. And if that's where he ends up, uh, good for him. And if he's an NFL player, I promise you, the NFL will find you in Jonesboro, Arkansas, just as fast as they'll find you in Knoxville, Tennessee, or Oxford, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. That's proven. The NFL does not give yeah. a flying damn where you play. They they, <laughs> they uh they will find you. There's, they're out there everywhere. You can go to uh, Alabama or Gardner-Webb or anywhere in between, and the NFL will find you. But Mims is a guy, kind of a high three-star sort of guy, who yeah, got a – One of those 5.7 guys. Yeah, and listen, you can build a program around those guys. But he had some offers. He slow-played those offers, and he's one of those guys who, if this holds – and I'm not blaming the kid because, look, you have every right as a kid to take your time. You have every right to hold off. You have every right to say, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to visit a lot of schools. I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna take some official visits, all that stuff. Cool. But understand, and this is where uh, the people around these kids, I think this is where they let them down, okay? I think more people around those kids should look those kids in the eye and say, listen, there's a chance, there's a chance that your recruiting just blows up. 
there's a chance that you are every bit as good that, as you think you are. And there's a chance that betting on yourself pays off. Terrence Davis raises his hand and says hello. There's also a chance that you're overvaluing yourself. There's also a chance that there are other players that play your position who might be a little faster, a little taller, might have a little better measurable, who if they get if they take your spot, you won't have a spot. And so if you think you want that spot, you might ought to grab that spot. Because here's the rest of that story. You can always listen, he could commit to Ole Miss, for example, right? And and then Alabama offers in December and he goes, Yeah, hey, that's what I want to do. Like I said, verbal commitments are non binding. You can make people mad, but no one's gonna no one's gonna stop you. You can do it. But when you don't take that spot, and then the spots close up, and that happens a lot, and it's happening to some kids right now at Ole Miss and at other programs. You can't be upset when there's no room for you anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was a thing that I think a lot of people were were really like, you know, what's the deal here? I mean, he's got offers from Arkansas, uh, Louisville, Missouri, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think, like you said, just a little bit of a – you know, slow playing, kind of wanting to wait and see. And honestly, and, and, and we can, and I think this is fair. And I, and I think Corbett's a good player. I, I actually, once his name popped up on the radar, I watched, you know, his huddle film. And and I like what, I like his game. I mean, he's 6'4", 235, 240, moves really well. Probably a redshirt guy. Um, if he were to go to a Power 5 school, just get into the weight room, bigger, faster, stronger, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you kind of have to be honest with yourself. I mean, he probably believes in him in himself and his ability and thinks that, you know, Hey, he can start at a power five school, but it's also, you know, you gotta be a little, gotta be a little honest, you know, Hey, I'm a three star, not super highly recruited. These power five schools are giving me offers. And now if they're committable, man, you, you probably need to jump at that opportunity and get in there before the four and five stars start going there. Um, I mean, you've got Tennessee always recruits at a high level. Arkansas is starting to recruit well for some reason. And uh, Ole Miss is, is recruiting at a high level. So, yeah, I mean, if you're getting an offer from some of these places, um, I would, you know, oblige you to take that offer and, and run with it. And like you said, verbal commits are non-binding. So you commit to Tennessee early, you commit to Ole Miss early. Things don't feel right. Position room starts to fill up in that class. You can always go somewhere else. And look, Arkansas State, all due respect to the Red Wolves and Blake Anderson's program, you can always have a spot there. Yeah. Yeah, you're always going to have that spot. You can always – if, if in, in the scenario where Arkansas State emerges as the school, that by God, that's just where you want to go. They'll take you on the yeah. last, They'll take you on the last day. Oh, absolutely. This is where yeah. I – maybe there's no blame to pass out, okay? Because, again, I, I, I'm not into that with the kids. If a kid wants to go to Arkansas State, go. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. He's going to get his education paid for. His family can come see him play. It's, it's, not, it's not that far. If you want to play in the NFL and you're good enough, you can get there from, from Jonesboro easily. So all of those things are on the table. This is not a criticism. 
If there is blame, though, it's the people around the kids. There's no one, I shouldn't say that, there aren't enough people around some of these kids to look at them and go, okay, hey, look, here's the deal. There are other kids that they're recruiting at in, in Fayetteville, in Knoxville, in Oxford, in Startville that are uh, higher rated than you. They're higher on their board than you. You've got an offer that's committable right now. Let that be fuel for you and put a chip on your shoulder and carry it into the weight room every day and carry it out onto the practice field every day. But from a practical standpoint, let's take this offer right now. Let's let's commit to one of these places. Because if you want to find out whether an offer is committable, in March or April say, hey, coach, I'm ready to commit. If the answer is anything but come on in, it's not committable. It's not really an offer. And there was a time when I, I believe that at several of the schools that I just mentioned, and maybe all four of them, the offer was committable. But all of these schools, these SEC schools, they start filling up their classes. And like you said, Tennessee's recruiting well. Arkansas's recruiting well. Ole Miss is recruiting well. And when you start to fill up, the people inside those buildings, the people that are doing the shark tank and at, at Ole Miss and are doing whatever they call it in Arkansas and Tennessee or wherever, they start crunching numbers. Because, it, it, yeah, we always – I know fans will say, well, you always say numbers work out. And numbers do work out. They absolutely work out. And, you know, on the last day, if a five-star linebacker calls Ole Miss and says, hey, uh, Coach Luke, I, I, I've, I've decided I want to come there, He'll probably figure it out. Uh, someone someone, suddenly uh, will decide that, hey, I didn't want to go to Ole Miss. I decided I really wanted to go to fill in the blank. That's how that works. But th- these, these kids that have offers, but the offers are sort of, hey, if you want the offer, it's right now. You need to take it right now. It's That's where those, those are the guys that, like, you know, there's a – I talked about Clark Ford at the very beginning. If you want an F-150 that's on the lot, you're not going to get beat. That, and that's true. But once the F-150s that are on the lot are off the lot, the deal's off the table. Yeah. And that's what I think happens. Yeah, I mean, it happens to kids like this all the time. I blame the 7-on-7 seven seven guys. I blame the handlers. I blame some of the people in the high school programs who uh, don't get it who are overvaluing, who don't have a practical approach. I really do. Where you just need to look at a kid and serve the kid right and say, if you want to go to Tennessee, there's your offer. If you want to go to Ole Miss, there's your offer. Son, that offer might not be there in a month. I don't think they tell them that. Yeah. And those those offers aren't concrete. They can always pull it. I mean – and you know why so they don't. And, and you know why they and don't I, tell them I hate that. It, but it happens. And I'll long. tell you why they don't tell them that. Because a lot of the people in this, it's well, let's let's keep doing this, and we'll we'll figure out what's in it for us. We'll yeah. We'll drive. Frankly, we'll drive a price up for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get our cut. What's What's worse, Instagram influencers or recruiting influencers? Ooh. Probably both, but the rec- <laughs> the recruiting influencer, I think the kid's a victim. I really do. Yeah, I think the yeah. I think the kid's a victim. I mean, you know, if you're influenced by what happens with on Instagram, that's kind of on you. When a when a seventeen eighteen year old kid doesn't have people around him 
Because, look, the colleges aren't going to say that to the kid when they make the offer. They're not going to say, now, hey, look, here's the deal. Now, they will late in the process, but they won't do it in, in, in April or May because, frankly, they want to kind of let things play out. Mm-hmm. But, and again, it'll probably all work out for kids like him. There's and there, I'm not going to name other kids because I just don't want to, but there are other kids that are right now kind of on the hot board, if you will, that mm-hmm. I don't know that the offer is really committable today. Might be again in yeah. a month. It was probably two months ago. But there are kids who absolutely recruit themselves out of the offers that they wanted. Yeah, well, I mean, like I think, like you said at the top of the show, and I think that this is definitely what happened. Or maybe not definitely, but probably a good chance this is what happened with, with, with Mims. But he got the offer month or so ago and now you look up and it's you know halfway through the dead period in july and old miss's class is now sitting there with 22 commitments so it's filled up so i mean i think that you know old miss is now in a spot where they can be extremely picky they can really focus on you know five six seven dudes and unfortunately it, you know, Mr. Mims may not have fit into that list. So, you know, back when Ole Miss had 10 commitments, you know, before that ridiculous onslaught of verbal commitments in June, I mean, that offer was very well, could have been committable. They could have taken him right then, but yep, waited too long. And, you know, now how things have, things have changed. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's kind of as we, uh, as we get into the, the late July portion I sort of anticipate, uh, a, a, I don't know, not a rash of commitments because, frankly, there's not a, a room for a rash of commitments. But you're going to see a lot of kids right before the season starts, in my opinion, at multiple schools, Ole Miss included, go ahead and jump, get in, get their stuff done so they can focus on their senior seasons. And then it's going to die for a while. The colleges, get into yeah. camp, the colleges get into camp season, August rolls around, and – Suddenly, man, these college coaches, their attention is is not on the recruiting trail anymore. It's on getting their room ready. It's on games that are coming up. It's on the first weekend of the season. Ole Miss starts turning its attention to uh, to Memphis, to developing, you know, depth and spots. The same thing is true all over the country. And so it it dies a little. And then, you know, we'll start getting some official visits in the season. But a lot of schools don't like doing that. And uh, – so for some kids, it's okay. Well, you don't you don't have your spot. So now you go into that senior season, and frankly, you're you're you've got a chance to impress, but you also have an, a a chance to not impress. You could get hurt. There's a lot of things that could happen. I'm I'm always surprised at, and, and this doesn't apply to the super elite player who can go anywhere whenever he wants to. He can wait. Mm-hmm. Nicobe Dean last year, for example, no one was ever going to say, "Hey, man, we got to know." No, they were going to take him no matter what. You know, it's Kawhi <laughs> yeah. Leonard. Nobody, nobody called Kawhi Leonard and said, hey, listen, man. Well, the Knicks did, but they're idiots. But uh, n- <laughs> nobody yeah. else said, hey, man, you know, listen, we, we're we going to offer you the max, but we're taking this offer off the table tomorrow. we got to move on. Now, you wait for Kawhi Leonard. You, you, you keep swinging. But the three-star guy um, or the guy who just kind of has some offers, I just think there's failure of, of people around him to say, Mm-hmm. Let's take something. Let's let's get an insurance policy here, and 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 at the and that's what it kind of is. It's an insurance policy. 
Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the hot board earlier, and I think you know we can maybe close on this here, but a little bit of a breaking news, a little live update here on the software. Well, okay. um, I saw that you posted Nathaniel Gabler of the uh, the Oxford Eagle. Yeah. Uh, talked with JJ Pegues today, and I guess their high school preview kind of media days for Mississippi football, but talked with him, quote, sometimes it gets to me that I don't want to leave, but really I got a feeling inside me that I probably should leave and venture out and grow up, end quote. Is this another potential Jeremy Liggins situation here, or is this just maybe a little posturing by Mr. Pegues and, like you said, playing that waiting game? It could be either, and it could be both. Um, oh, they're definitely potentially mutually exclusive here. Yeah. I, I'm not comparing him to other Oxford kids. I don't – the truth is I've, I've met him a couple of times. I, I don't I – don't, I can't even pretend to say that I know him or have a relationship with him that's absurd. Um, <laughs> I can say this as he's a kid who is in the class between my two girls. And different people at Oxford have different opinions, different kids, high school kids, have different opinions about what he's going to do. There are some kids there who think he's going to go to Ole Miss, and there are some kids there who are convinced he's going to go to Auburn. And then I get asked about this a lot, and I'm just telling you, it it rings true with Oxford kids, and I've seen it now for a while. Oxford kids who grow up in Oxford, or like any other kids that grow up in a college town. I grew up in a college town. Um, you just, a lot of them, for a lot of them, they never even consider another school. And then there's a lot of them, and I, I, have, I have one daughter in one camp and one daughter who's probably in another camp. But for a lot of them, the thought of going to Ole Miss is the 13th grade. It's nothing about Ole yeah. Miss. It's not, it's, it has nothing to do with Ole Miss, anything that's good about Ole Miss, bad about Ole Miss, or anything else about Ole Miss. It's just that they view it as a continuation of Oxford High School, even though it's not. And once they get there, they figure out that it's not. But perception is reality. And mm-hmm. um, he might be one of those kids. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of Oxford kids that go off to college. Lots. Lots. Yeah. I mean, a whole lot. And so he might be one of those kids who just says, you know what, I, I, I don't want to go to the school that – has been four miles from me my entire life. I want to go off someplace. And if that's the case, there's nothing Ole Miss can do about it, really. And I will be in the minority on this. At the end of the day, I think it's a coin toss on on Pegues. But if they don't get get Pegues, um, I'm not going to blame them because I don't think it's out of their – I'll tell you this. Someone uh, in – I can't remember what network it was. Hell, it might have been the Rivals Network. Wrote that no one's re- no one's recruiting JJ Pegues harder than Auburn, and I can tell you that that's absurd. <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you that that's physically impossible because it is literally it, impossible. Did, did Jay Tate say that? Wasn't no, it wasn't Jay. It wasn't Jay. It was. <laughs> I want to say it was one of the national people. Um, okay. It might have even been Chad Simmons, and and I'm not knocking Chad here because I think he does a really good job, but that's wrong. Uh, no one's recruiting JJ Pegues harder than Ole Miss. He's not been on any college campus 
anywhere close to as many times as he's been to Ole Miss. He hasn't uh, run into Matt Luke and Jack Bicknell and 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 um, Jacob Peeler and and the coaches at Ole Miss. He's encountered them far more times than he's encountered Gus Malzahn and Marcus Woodson, for example. It, it, it's not even close. It's not even close, Zach. But if he's made up his mind that I don't want to stay in Oxford for college, Ole Miss is probably going to still be in Oxford. So yeah. that, that becomes a negative, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that won't be popular, and there will be people that say, well, you simply cannot let a kid get away. Look, you cannot convince a kid who convinces himself, I don't want to go there. My daughter was not going to consider Ole Miss and had nothing to do with Ole Miss. Well, it did a little bit, but not much. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really, and I and I get that. I mean, when I was when I was in high school, there was no way I was going to Memphis. Yeah, there was no way I was going to Tennessee because that was exactly what it was. It was thirteenth grade. Yeah, I, I didn't. So, I didn't want to go to Louisiana Tech. I really didn't. I mean, for a while, I thought I did. There was a period in my as late as my senior year that I thought I'll just go to Tech. And then mm-hmm. I I can remember people in my life, classmates and stuff, saying, "No, you you need to go off. You need to spread your wings. You need to experience new things. You need to get away." from Rustin and all the Rustin people and go kind of do your own thing. And, and cause here's what's, here's what you mentioned, Jeremy Liggins. We'll finish with this. Cause this is one of the negatives for this is in the back of my mind. I can remember thinking, you know, I'll go to Ole Miss. I, was, I wanted to go to Alabama. Ole Miss offered more scholarship money. So I thought I'll go to Ole Miss. And if I don't like it or if it's really bad, I can always go home. I can always go back to tech. It's always there. And I'm sure that's something that Ole Miss has to fight a little bit is there's probably a little part of his mind that goes, I can always come back. Yeah. They'll take me back. Well, yeah. Well, I was, you know, I was going to say just to play devil's advocate, talk on both sides of the fence here for, for podcast purposes. But at the end of the day, J.J. Pegues could just simply not change his mind. And that's, and that's something that you really can't do. You can't help. But it's also, at, on the flip side, it's Ole Miss's job and their staff's job to convince him to stay. Yeah. Oh, it is. Absolutely. That's and, why they call it recruiting. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, at the end of the day, if it is wholeheartedly true in this kid's heart and soul that he just wants to leave Oxford, sometimes you just can't you can't beat that. And it sucks. And you lose an impact four-star player right out of your backyard. But, and I and I know we're we're getting to the end here. I will ask you, and and you may not be able to give me a quick answer or an abbreviated one. But why is it that of late, Ole Miss loses so many local kids? And I know that there are guys from Tuscaloosa that leave, guys from Baton Rouge, guys from Auburn. Um, but I, I don't know. Is it? Do you think it's it has more to do with? recent success in the NCAA or do you think it's just a weird coincidence that local Oxford kids don't go to Ole Miss and go elsewhere? I don't know. It's hard to say. I I, I don't know. Um, I mean, again, the, the kids that I know well are not football players. You know, they're, yeah. they're, they're smart kids. And the one it's recruiting, it's, it's case by case. I mean, everybody's yeah. different. So it's and, hard to give an, a real answer. And with some, it's just, they just want to go do something different. With some, they don't feel like they fit in culturally at Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss has a reputation with kids. Um, 
but I'm not saying it has a reputation with a kid like J.J. Pegues who sees it as a football program. I mean, like, you know, my daughter didn't look at Ole Miss or Arkansas or Auburn or any of those places and think, okay, well, what about the, the situation at running back? I mean, come on. She couldn't care less. I mean, that's just not part of the deal. So it was all about, you know, where you've kind of fit, where it felt at home. Her, her, choosing, her choosing the Hogs was awfully close to that super regional win, you know. <laughs> That yeah, could have been the nail in the coffin there. Yeah, it was a full a full year before that super regional win. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I I think I think probably there's been for the from the football standpoint, yeah, recent success and lack thereof, and the NCAA stuff, and just kind of that cloud that's been over the program. And I would guess that for a kid like Pegues, he's going to go to some Ole Miss games, and he needs to feel a different environment. Listen, let's be real here. You'll admit this, I think. The last two years, the environment in that stadium has not been good. Oh, no. I mean, it's not. It has not been all that positive. It has not been that electric. It has not been – Good. There's been a cloud over that program. It uh, was it was pretty cringy for a while. I mean, just frankly, second guessing play calling, just the just lacking hype, energy. I mean, yeah, like I mean, I think it was. Um, come on, frankly, dating back to the the, the the end of the Hugh Freeze actually on the field era uh, at yeah. Ole Miss. Well, the, those last those yeah. last couple of Hugh Freeze games in Oxford were not exactly. Uh, uh, chamber of commerce advertisements <laughs> i think it was jacques jones that tweeted a video of ole miss running out of the tunnel before 2014 auburn and you were there i was there yeah that atmosphere that hasn't been in in Vaught hemingway since probably a couple chad kelly games and I don't even think it was that high. Yeah, no, probably he, probably since he, uh, Georgia 2016. Yeah, and, and, and even, I mean, he, he, you tweeted, know. he tweeted that video and he said, I need this atmosphere this fall every game. Because, I mean, they, they do. Yeah, and from a recruiting standpoint, they absolutely do. There's no, I, I get it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's multifaceted. It's a, it's a long answer. It's, it's one of the challenges that, that they face. Tyler Siski talked on this podcast uh, three, three months ago, whenever it was, about changing their brand, they've got to they've got to reinvent their brand a little bit. They've got to strengthen their brand, and and yeah. part of that is changing the atmosphere inside that stadium, and that's hard to do. But so yeah, for a kid like Pegues, I'm I'm sure he looks at it and thinks. I mean, look, you know, when you're in the building, you, you, the, the the attendance numbers you see them. You don't you don't have to see a number. You can look with your own two eyes. And they had some games the last couple of seasons that they just weren't that many people in the stadium, and it was kind of mm-hmm. dead. And so they've got to they've got to get past that. And so that's where you're right. I mean, it's their job to convince him that hey, the four years that you're here, it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be like it was back in fourteen and fifteen, and not like yeah. it was in in seventeen and eighteen. And that's probably that's part of their. It's one of the reasons they all make six figures. Some of them make seven figures. That's right. Seriously, I mean, you know, yeah, this, it's part of the gig. Right. This recruitment is is, is going to be interesting to follow, though, because I do think it's going to go all the way to signing day, and I do, I do think it's, I think it's going to be 
interesting to watch because you've got an Ole Miss team that, in my opinion, the ceiling is anywhere between five and seven, six and six. And then you've got an Auburn team that nobody really knows what the hell to expect. And, you know, you've got the constant hot seat with Gus. You've got the the staff is all over the place. I mean, I think recruiting has definitely shown that in some spots where no doubt kids are not really con- convinced that that staff is going to be completely be there. It's volatility. I, I mean, you've got it's it's weird over there. I mean, you know, I mean, you talk to Jay all the time, and, and, and he's been there forever and covers the program better than anybody. But it's a weird place, and like as much as Gus has won there, there's just always this uneasiness of his standing there. Auburn has always liked to market their seasons with AU words, you know, like audacity or or uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah and, yeah. and it's not an AU word, but I guess you could misspell it. No, in in today's uh, today's uh, grammar, misspelling is 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 not even looked at. So you could you could change the word volatility <laughs> to, from V O L to V A U L volatility yeah i mean that's what auburn is it's a very volatile program right now and their their ceiling is probably eight nine wins which would survive and their floor is a disaster and he wouldn't survive and so that would like you said that would make the decision easy in the same way that you know I, i mean i think for ole miss the ceiling is probably seven wins and seven wins would feel like one hell of a turnaround and there would be a mm-hmm. real excitement around that program and it would be palpable. And the floor is, we talked about this on the Oxford Exxon podcast, the floor is low. The schedule's, mm-hmm. yeah. the schedule's funky and a bad start could, could really take the air out of it. And, um, and, and then the, the atmosphere for some of those weird games like Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, where you play teams that don't travel particularly well. And mm-hmm. you know Arkansas, yeah. Well, Arkansas is early, but yeah, you know, it's yeah, just sure. where the season is just kind of California at the end of September. You know, it's hotter than hell, and you know, if your team's one in three or one in two or whatever, people say I'm not going to that. You know, little Jimmy, yeah. little Jimmy had a soccer tournament last week, and we've got a we got a baseball tournament next week, or we got a dance competition next week. I'm just going to watch it from home, and and then all of a sudden the stadium's empty. And so, you know, yeah. if, if that happens, it's hard to impress recruits. So it's it's really it's it's fascinating. His deal, his recruiting is interesting on so many levels because he it, it appears to be coming down to two teams that there's a wide variance in where their seasons could go. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Here's an AU word, but I would need to I need to have the opposite of it, but auspicious for Auburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know, and and uh, you know, it's like for Ole Miss. I mean, they, who knows? And so, it, it, the recruiting pitch to him could be completely different in October than it is right now. In October, it could be look at what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Look at what we're doing. You can oh, be, yeah. you can be a big part of this. Look how close we are. I remember that working with uh, with Robert Kimdichie and Laquan Treadwell and guys. It was in the middle of a six and six season. They were six and six, man. They went, aren't they go two and six in the league? Um, mm-hmm. or three and five in the league, I guess, because they lost to Texas. Um, in the yeah. in the middle of that season, the selling thing was, we are so close, and if we had you here, we would have won that game. And that appealed to those kids. But you had to do it. I mean, you know, I mean, 
Ole Miss got popped a few times that year, but they just kind of kept playing, and and uh, who knows what will happen. I, that's why when people say, well, is it – how many games does he have to win? I'm like, I don't – I don't. It, it's not like that. There's it, – it's – he has to change the way it feels, and that's really weird, but – Trust me, when you're dealing with 17 and 18-year-old 18 year kids, you are dealing with emotion and the way something feels, not mm-hmm. not hardcore results. They, you, you can, I mean, there's a scenario where four and eight or five and seven feels pretty good. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. as crazy as that sounds, but um, it's Neil, I hate, Neil I, hate to, yeah. I hate to point this out and close on a bad note here, but uh, technically Ole Miss went 0 and 6 in 2012 because seven wins were vacated. Oh, you're gonna be one of those guys. No, I'm kidding. No, you're, you're right. Her, her Wikipedia. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. Such a bit. It's it dovetails with something we talked about this morning. When you when you tell the Hugh Freeze story, it is so complicated. It is just. Yeah. It is a complicated story. Well, Zach, uh, we were gonna do a short podcast. We ended up doing kind of a long one. So, I will let you go. Safe travels back from Denver. Enjoy the time that you have left there. We will not have a soft verbal podcast next week. I'll be at media days, and then I'll be traveling. We'll uh, get back together in two weeks. There will be some uh, recruiting stuff that will be very close on the horizon at that point that we will turn our attention to. So, until then, thanks again uh, to Dead Soxy for making this podcast possible. Don't forget, deadsoxy.com. Enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout. Get 30% off all orders, including sale items and including those no-shows that you really do need to check out. For Zach, I'm Neil. Have a uh, great next couple of weeks. We'll talk to you then. Take care.